0: Welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadley boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week. Complete a quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidoruk. Look ahead to tonight's episode of Hey, I just made you. And this is crazy, but here's my number, this is red, baby, baby. <laughs> and I, I don't know how to start this preview, Sidge because I'm torn. I'm torn for doing a victory lap and saying. You're welcome, Tony Khan, after we literally fixed Rampage earlier on this week with our uh, Get the Table podcast with the two of us and Andy Murray talking about the state this show was in. But also, I did want to come here and say what a difference it makes. And I said this before when they had like Shabbat on the show. When they actually try with
1: this. Well, it's funny, Wilborn, that you say you're conflicted Mm. about how to start this podcast because we've got a running bit, lest you forget, about how we start this podcast, right? What am I looking at on my phone right now? You are looking at
0: a very important Uh. app to uh, schedule your weekend. Yes,
1: I am, and it's called my alarm. Uh. Okay, and what am I doing with my alarm right now. Oh, my God, ladies and
0: gentlemen. He is setting that alarm for a Saturday. Oh, look at that. That is commitment to the cause.
1: Five to six, baby. Five to six. I'm not going to just muscle memory go on Twitter and go, oh, Christ, yeah, yeah. That no point, no, 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 8% of doubt didn't exist. And the predictable outcome happened. I'm setting my alarm for 5 to 6 Saturday morning, as always, in advance of my kids waking up, knowing that I've got a prospective thriller on my hands to watch in with my morning cuppa. Mm. And that thriller apparently is Mox versus Takeshita, okay? Rampage has been taped since August or September 2021, and it is Mm -hmm. now December 2022. Over the months, or the year plus of covering it, um, this has waned, of course, lately, hence why that catalyzed the idea for that Rampage Rescue podcast, which you can obviously listen to on Spotify, Apple Music, or Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, so that's waned, but it used to be that when Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson happened, you'd read raves about it online. When John Moxley and Wheeler Utah yeah. happened, you would read raves about it online. When uh, Nick Jackson versus uh, Danielson happened, or Pac versus Andrade too happened, we haven't had that tier of, go out of your way to watch it, you're in for a treat. In that time, right, and yes, the conversation about Mox Takeshita has bled online, which is a really encouraging sign. Mm-hmm. I think a record has been broken. Now, it might be that I have or we have a higher concentration of fans in Austin, Texas than anywhere else in the U.S. that these amazing matches that were taped have emanated from, but I'm fairly certain the record for me personally was broken of the amount of DMs I received from people in attendance of that show. And by the way, thank you very much, not only for reaching out, because you know that we love a non-spoiler yeah. update. Um I know thanks for your continued engagement and listens. Like We can't do this without you, so we are always appreciative of that. But yeah, I don't think I've received quite as many messages about the quality of this match, and basically one of them said something along the lines of make sure that the Rene soundboard button oh my God. is operational <laughs> on Monday because we will be pressing it quite often, apparently. Um Aye. Slightly pissed off with Tony. I was like, you couldn't have waited till next week? We wouldn't
0: got have f- content over it if we didn't. Well, this is the thing. I was like, you couldn't have just done this next week. <laughs> I, know, I know we were like, come on, Tony, fix this. It's in the mud. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. It's a busy weekend. We got NXT Deadline. We got Final Battle. We got SmackDown. So Monday is going to be a, a big old day. So if you've got a, a long travel journey planned in the coming few days, we are going to have you covered with all of the reaction uh, to all that nonsense.
1: Indeed. If you're driving home for Christmas a little bit early, then you know <laughs> you've got the you've got an absolute packed schedule coming your way. All going well, of course. Yeah, uh, Mox Dikesh to The first match was unbelievable. Absolutely fantastic! It was obviously on dynamite earlier this year. Um, it was just so physical. It was worked so well. Like John Moxley knows how to be a world champion. He balanced the match and the layout to flatter the opponent. He took some hellacious bumps, and John Moxley is amazing. Particularly so when someone brings the fight to him. Mm. He loves getting his ass kicked and kicking ass. In <laughs> yeah, there. yeah. He absolutely loves a scrap. I remember one um, the, of the now infamous Chronicle documentary on the network where he's basically handing in his notice while he's in WWE in real time, mm-hmm. but it was kind of unbeknownst to us until after the fact. The very first scene of that, it's dripping with subtext. And the subtext is, I hate it here. I've received the creative for um, my return, And it sounds like a load of bollocks if I'm being perfectly honest. And ultimately, I just like getting in there and grappling and just rolling around the mat. It's where I feel most at home. And if this is better than the first match and the spoiler indications suggest Mm. it just might be, then this could be something truly special indeed. You know what's been missing from AEW? What's that? Blood. haven't seen anywhere near enough of it to the point where I'm wondering if it's a Warner Brothers Discovery Directive mm-hmm. where, look, we're a bit sick of it. The sponsors are a little bit apprehensive about the overuse of it. And quite frankly, it was getting a bit much. Yeah. Even for me, an absolute claret junkie. <laughs> when you reach a point where my beloved John Moxley, the one person I'm almost certain in pro wrestling is just like a stand-up guy. Well, there's maybe one or two more. But the one guy you think, right, okay. Don't boo him. hmm don't jeer him. Don't be nasty to him. Fucking John Moxley, when that beloved man at this point he's the patron saint of pro wrestling became a meme for how often he was bleeding, <laughs> yeah. and it was becoming like meta promo material. That was probably time to um, uh, wind it in. Wind it in a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, I think that's fair. But I think it's we've had. What was the last time I saw Blade Job on Dynamite? was Jericho blading his tit.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Danielson bladed his the f- part of his forehead nearest to the eye to make it seem like it was retina damage. So they're getting cannier with it and indeed more creative with yeah. it. But I haven't seen a... F- I want to see a forehead ripped open. Gusher. I want to see a gusher. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's what puts this over the edge as something really quite special because when you use it sparingly, that is the effect blood can have. Maybe is going to pull off a Muta scale... Eddie Scale um, play job for the ages here. Um, Ultimately, I think Moxley's going to win. Yeah. But the idea is if it's so special and Takeshita's going to enter his best ever AEW in ring performance, and in order to do that, it's a guarantee of something special because he's been quite incredible thus far. If you don't even want an allusion to something, I've only seen alluded to, Mm if that makes any sense. Skip ahead the next two minutes. Apparently, there's Aftermath. That's awesome as well. Could Takeshita be the newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club?
0: Oh, that would be sensational. I've not
1: read any indication in that direction. The only thing I've read is that the aftermath of the match was as awesome as the match itself. So maybe he gets recruited. Maybe there's a tease of him getting recruited and... My God, that would be something special indeed because um, AEW is very much future-focused and long-term storylines focused. If you can pick up the numbers for the BCC, right, two, four, or five, The Elite versus BCC is the next great faction war of 2022. Incorporating anarchy in the arena and Blood and Guts could be something absolutely... That could be like the best faction war that they've done so far. And again, think of the ground that covers. But I'm expecting head drops. I'm expecting incredibly defiant. You're bringing out the best of me, so I'm going to bring the best right back to your body language. Um, Loads of physicality here possibly a load of blood being shed. Um ultimately I don't want to overstate how good this is meant to be, mm-hmm. but the talk,
0: yeah, exactly. Is
1: that's where we're heading. A lot of buzz about this on
0: a show where arguably they didn't necessarily need to do it. It's two championship matches, but yeah, you don't need to sell me on a on a, on a Moxie match obviously. Um is he, what the stuff they needed to be have been doing on on Rampage. Uh, and a Moxie match that isn't, you know, no offense to Serpentico or whoever it may be, You know, I agree, Moxie wins, but it's not as three minutes, thanks for coming, you know, death rider, see you later sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it's the perfect, or apparently is the perfect phase of that career arc, which is modelled, I believe anyway, I don't think Tony Khan's outright said it, but it's basically the Kenta Kabashi push, wherein in the early stages of Kenta Kabashi's singles career, the idea was he lost 63 consecutive singles matches. And it was such a beautiful long-term strategy to get him over because people instantly gravitated towards Kabashi. He's one of the best, if not the very best, pure wrestling babyface ever. Just the fire, the indefatigable spirit that he brought to pro wrestling. They knew that, Giant Baba knew that, sensed it immediately, immediately and thought, right, okay. People love him and I don't really need to do anything with him yet because I've got like four prodigies mm-hmm. to pick from, and there is no rush whatsoever. Um, Kabashi lost all 63 of his first singles matches, but he showed more in the 14th and the 7th, more in the 21st and the 14th, mm-hmm. and the the idea was that they started to believe in him in parallel with him believing in himself, and through the expert dual Approaches of both Kabashi's in-ring style and the very, very patient Buken is that they effectively um, created a symbiotic relationship between fan and performer and they picked the right guy for the job because he was always going to get those fans but they solidified that bond unlike anything potentially in the last 30 years of modern um, Puro And they're kind of doing that with Takeshi, the idea is that he can, it's a slightly different because he's won on elevation and dark, but the idea is that he gets closer and closer and closer to that big scalp, Mm. that big noteworthy win. And when it happens, it's going to, in theory, propel him to a new level of stardom. So I don't think that's happening tonight, but by all spoiler or non-spoiler indications from the tapings is that they are Going to another level of that push.
0: One of my favorite new wrestlers this year. You love Takeshi, yeah, big big fan of his. I mean, I I, I I wouldn't go so far as to saying he's a contender for rookie of the year because he's been wrestling for fourteen. Just because he's new to me doesn't mean he's new to wrestling. Yeah. But yeah, I think he's I think he's just I I fell in love with him the moment I saw him. I think he's a real uh, shiny example of the benefit that you you get from having a, a promotion like AEW as an alternative. I really do. Uh, but yeah, Mark Stoichka. There you go. Fix Rampage. A uh, Rampage, as I said, there's also got two championship matches. We've got to be a little bit careful here. We'll start with the, the women's title match because the other one, and, uh, in uh, our job as a as a you know wrestling uh, uh, website, some stuff gets through for obvious reasons. Um, t- uh, let's talk about Akashita versus the Bunny for the Regina DeWave Championship, and also for uh, a shot at Jamie Hayter down the line. Uh,
1: Yeah, I had reports, obviously, as I said, in record number about um, this taping. And um, the general gist was, go out of your way to watch Mox Takeshita. It's absolutely unreal. There was another fun match on the show, and it wasn't apparently this one, which is a shame because Sheena's really over, and the bunny is a good TV presence.
0: And a bigger draw than Roman Reigns, if I'm... Remember rightly, yes, of
1: course. Of course. Naturally, that <laughs> is um, that is not only a documented fact, and you can get I'm not going to invoke the name that Tony Khan invoked at the Double or Nothing press conference because I'm scared of any legal uh, repercussions, <laughs> but you know, it's a documented fact in court, yeah. But yeah, there weren't many noises apparently coming out of this one, and ultimately, I can understand why. Predictable winner, a clear baby face. Wins. I don't know this for a fact, but that's surely, yeah, That's what I read into it. That's uh, easily inferred with the idea being that, yes, they will probably make that one for winter is coming. Um, it just fits. Shida is someone at this point who has the credibility of being a former champion. She is a low-key, pretty sizable merch mover. She's got a fan. She's got a chance. She's got the in-ring game. Perfect. B-level pay-per-view adjacent TV show, fodder to lose to the champion. It's all very predictable, but ultimately it should be pretty damn good at Winter is Coming if, in fact, it's happening there. And nothing more than that. And the setup just feels very obligatory. The kind of building block you need to erect to get that match I ain't doing cartwheels over it. Yeah, I, I forget just because of how over Jamie Hayter is in the what culture office
0: that she's a heel. Like she's not, is yeah. not? You know, she's not an out and out heel in quite the same vein as as a Britt Baker for obvious reasons. But yeah, you look at this and you go, well, it can't be the bunny.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> it doesn't make dark. any
0: sense. And yeah, Higashida, former champion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, obviously, it would be a, a champion versus champion match, effectively with this. Uh, Regina DeWave Championship being involved in the the match with the Bunny. And, yeah, and and just in terms of, like you say, not just playing it through a right babyface heel dynamic We need a sort of, yeah, someone before maybe a rematch for Tony Storm or Soraya or whatever you want to do with Jamie Hayter on the road to probably here versus Britt Baker, of course. You've got um, the spot, which is, right, what does Hikaru Shida do? Uh, Apart from be great at wrestling. It's the spot on the outside with the chair and the jumping and the knees and what have you. And it's like, oh, if only there was some other people that come with Jamie Hayter that could eat that sort of offense to take them out of the picture. It just makes it right. It writes itself, doesn't it?
1: And it's funny you mention the chair spot because I've got a spot for this particular match. And if they don't do it, I'll be upset. Right. The bunny loves looking into the camera and going. <laughs> that's a thing. She likes it.
0: Did Matt Hardy steal that this week?
1: I think he's been doing it since 2016, <laughs> and he desperately wishes it was 2016. Unfortunately <laughs> for him, it isn't Never. 2016 anymore. So she likes to go to the camera, appear unhinged and gnash her teeth. If she's doing that, in the background, oh, you could have yeah. Shida jump up off the chair and then knee her in the face the second she turns around.
0: That would be fun. That's beautiful. I love he should that. do that, and
1: if they don't, I'll be upset. <laughs>
0: Uh, right, let's talk about this other championship match—the All Atlantic title, Orange Cassidy versus Kip Sabian's mate. Basically, uh, how do you want to do this? Because I—I I feel weird. i was sitting here going, "Hmm, who could it be?" Because I know who it is. We know. So I tell you what. Let's just say, look, like, if you don't
1: want to know, skip ahead two or three minutes.
0: I'll yeah, I'll put a a, uh, a timer on here, and if we haven't finished talking about it, we're just going to stop talking about it. By, okay, 20 minutes into this podcast, if you skip to the 20-minute mark, we will not be talking about this match anymore. So we've got two and a half minutes to talk about it.
1: Apparently, it's uh, Trend 7, yeah. and I've seen the pictorial evidence of it being Trend 7, and oh my God, why is it Trend 7? Another XWWE wwe signing, or is this just
0: a one-off for you?
1: Um, I'm hoping it's a one-off a la Big Demo. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mance Warner, something like that. There's no need to sign him. Obviously, if he gets over huge in this absolutely awesome match, irrespective of my personal feelings on Trent Seven, then they would be stupid not to sign him. But it's just so weird how on... Look, there's conversations surrounding Trent Seven that I don't want to go into too much detail on because, again, there's always legal recourse in these situations and we have to be careful um, but there were conversations, let's just say, there were conversations held around Trend Seven in 2020 that make me not want to see him in any wrestling capacity. Yeah. And, yeah, that's the gist. If you can put that aside, and it's difficult, and it's just all very thorny, is he better than half the talent that they've got and don't use? No. He's been in one of the best tag teams of the last decade. He's the uh not good one. He is the not as talented one. And look, Trent Sevens, the best version of Trent Sevens, a great worker. I watched that man sell a limb so well yeah. for so long that he turned the most self fallacious performative audience in all of wrestling history at Full Sail University and earnestly got them into a match on the basis that he had convinced them that he could not go on and they were desperate to see him go on and have Tyler beat enter the match. He knows what he's doing, but my God, he's not a single star. He's not someone I personally seem to like and hopefully it's just a one-off. However... This match was said to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, the gimmicks work well, and we're just going to say, Welcome back. By the way, if you've just joined us at the 20 minute mark, we think Orange Cassidy's going to
1: win this match. Yes, we do. There we go.
0: Uh, what's next for Ruby Soho? She's back, and tonight are we going to hear from her and Tay Mello, which makes a lot of sense because those are the two that got into it.
1: Um, an the, impactful return for her. Yes, it was. She got a good pop. Um, look, it's. It hadn't really worked out for Ruby Soho. It's so wild in retrospect that her name was actually not forgotten in the immediate wake of All Out 21, at which she debuted. Yeah. um, Because there was a lot of expectation. I think the idea was she was one of the very best working female wrestlers on the circuit before a very not great AEW run. We don't know if the injuries she sustained during it um, had an effect on her in-ring output in AEW, but she had a few botchy matches. A near disaster against Jade Cargill. Even when she was working more experienced and frankly better in ring talents, we know that Jade Cargill's not necessarily mm. the best in ring, but what a star she is. But regardless, Ruby Soho was meant to be one of the women who became all elite and really raised the bar for in ring performance. And it was thought that she could because she has prior experience of being amazing. Absolutely did not work. This is the second chance. She got a nice um pop for her return. And um this is the next phase of her development. It's basically I don't want to say it's put up a shut up at time, but she really has to start impressing people now. Um, particularly since there are rumors of a real big name coming into AEW, mm. which we will cover later on or later on this weekend.
0: Yeah, they got her over the form.
1: weekend, yeah. Um, ultimately, it's time for her to really put up a up, basically. And a victory over Tay Mello. Um, is this setting something up for Winter
0: is Coming? Maybe I'm just looking at the Winter is Coming card, and I realize we keep booking stuff for this show. There's only two hours. But all we've got right now on the docket for Winter is Coming, according to Wikipedia at least, is the world title match, obviously, MJF versus Ricky Starks, and the fourth match in the Best of Seven series.
1: Well, it's either Soho versus mellow or Sheeta versus hater so well, why not both because they're not allowed it, it would seem a ridiculously dot, dot dot believable conspiracy theory that <laughs> yep. is either way the match is obviously happening this segment is going to function to set up said match i would expect ruby soho to win that match because it just makes sense um there's a heel champion there are two heel champions and the baby face needs to exact her revenge yes. in this particular storyline. Otherwise, people will not believe in her anymore. And ultimately, um, Soho versus Hater, at this point, is nothing less than the measuring stick in this women's division. So, if nothing else, having Soho work Hater will be a really strong indication of how much Soho can go at this point. Uh, more women stuff to talk about. He's cramming it in on
0: rampage now. Apparently, maybe this will be a change in 2023. Please, Tony, put more women stuff, like especially with the potential of what Sid was alluding to there, and we'll be talking about later on this weekend. Um, obviously, final battle this weekend. You and I previewed that yesterday. What culture? And wherever you get your podcast from, to hear uh, our extended preview of all the matches going down. Uh, on Saturday afternoon for our American listeners and uh, potentially reasonable time here for us in the UK. Um, One of the matches where we predicted a title change, spoiler, uh, is Athena versus Mercedes Martinez. Uh, Athena is set to address Mercedes Martinez tonight. I don't want this to just be, I'll see you on Saturday and I'm going to take your title. I want, with the way that they've been booking Athena, which is good, actually, I want her to... So make an example out of someone of, like, this is going to be you in 24 hours, basically. What, so
1: she can just assault someone
0: backstage? Someone, a wrestler, another referee, uh, a member of production. I don't know. I just, I just love ass-kicking Athena.
1: Yes, even if we're not going to see her kick ass, which we should, as you said, she can go and beat someone up backstage and send a message in that kind of way. If not, she can just put over how controversial and hard-hitting she is and... She should reference that to build the notoriety that she's developed of late, um, which is fantastic, by the way, getting herself over. Just absolutely fair play. She should allude to her reputation. not make it notorious. And then say something to the effect of, or visually convey it. You've not seen anything yet. If you think what I've done to everybody else is being reckless or dangerous, I'm only getting started. Just you wait until Saturday. Something like that. Yeah. Something to get the blood pumping. Something to get over this cachet that she's developed of late. I was about
0: to pitch there, her suggesting a, a stipulation, a, a street fight, or whatever it may be. And then I remembered, oh, wait a second. Final battle's the one with the double dog collar match. And Chris Jericho's got his world title match. He's already going to be a little bit hmm. with regarding FTR and what on earth. Them and the Dem boys are going to yeah, do. boys. So I don't think, I think you can just do it within the rules, but Athena can certainly get in the referee's face on Saturday, not to, to tread on my own dick in regards to our final battle preview. Stepping on my own dick. Yeah. Uh, finally, the firm are in action, um, and two of my uh, favorite members of the firm, actually, uh, W. Morrissey and Lee Moriarty. Uh, we always know a bit of a giveaway the, with these things on Rampage when it just says... Name in action, it's a couple of poor goobers getting fed to him. But after what W. Morrissey did to Jungle Boy, I'm very excited to see what he does with two people who, uh, putting this nicely, A.W. don't care about. Who? Sorry, yeah, I'm calling him W. Morrissey. (laughs) (laughs) sorry. What are they calling him now?
1: I love this. Big Bill. Yeah! I love that. That's fantastic. And I can't really articulate why I love it so much, but it just feels like... Oh my God! There's Big Bill. You don't want to mess with Big yeah. Bill. It's one of those where it's like it should be too stupid and simple for its own good, but because it's so simple, it's like the man needs no introduction. Yeah. It's Big Bill. It's like Big Bill would be a good character in a Twent- uh, Quentin Tarantino yes. movie. Yeah, oh, shit. There's Big Bill.
0: Never mind any of that. Sh- here comes Big Bill to rip off Borgia
1: And can you imagine? Right. A Quentin Tarantino film where it's like, oh, my God, who's that? Oh, my God, it's W. Morrissey. <laughs> One of the worst ring names ever. One of the absolute worst ring names ever. Fair play to Tony Khan. Or oh, the, the fellow himself for yeah. realizing, why have you called yourself that? No idea. Big Bill is just short to the point. Yes.
0: I realize what W stands for, but having anyone be called... Nice to meet you. I'm W. How
1: can you even chant W. Morrissey? It doesn't th- convey any intimidation or menace or imposing size or nothing. And, and Lee Moriarty, just it's, a word on him. Sorry, Morrissey's the worst two kind of things because, right, <laughs> and I say this as a almost reluctant believer of the fact that A to Z of the catalogue, the are the greatest British band of all time. Okay, but it's so hard because Morrissey is such a <laughs> <laughs> to listen folks, to them. Where's, where's the, the lie? lie? So not only do you have the w- the old idea of Morrissey, where it's like the Cher Madonna thing. You hear Morrissey and you just think of the extremely sensitive, enigmatic, like wave. F- Foppy, foppy, that's the word. The foppy romanticist wordsmith. It's hardly a pro wrestler, or at least an imposing one, okay? So you get that image is the first thing that comes into your head when you hear the name Morrissey in any context. Yeah. Because he's so synonymous with being Morrissey. And the other one is a complete wanker who everyone hates now, even his former biggest fans, right? (laughs) It's twice, two times over, the worst ring name in modern wrestling history. So fair play to them. I think he's gonna win. I think you're right.
0: And I think yeah, all, all I was gonna say is on Lee Moriarty is he's a very talented in ring individual. But for me, in this match, all I'd have him do is be the annoying git behind the big bully. Like yes, he can do Tiger style and do all that right if it, when 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 it's required. But if it's, I wouldn't have him in. I'd have him just, nah 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 nah, nah just. Oh, you prick. And I've got this massive lad doing all the lug work. It's so a potentially
1: great tag team, this. Oh, absolutely. If you Between the two of them, you have so many great wrestling attributes in one tag team. And Tony Khan, this is the man who put the acclaim together. Like This is the man who put so many great stables together. He knows how two characters or more can complement one another. You've got submission savvy, brutal power game, um... As I said, obnoxious personality and mm-hmm. then just this completely great contrast of this guy who hasn't changed his facial expression once since he's appeared on AEW programming. There could be a really good tag team here. They could be a tag team that, built correctly, could be a great Paris Day Slam yeah. team to work the acclaimed. Absolutely. And uh, it only gets
0: better when you think that Stokely Hathaway is going to be the one putting them over in promos, building up to that. So...
1: Yeah, this is the first step on that road for me. My only worry is that, given the real-life struggles that Big Bill has faced, yeah. Max Caster should not be that as much of an arsehole on the wraps. Like I, the, the endearing fair. arsehole. Yeah, just tread carefully. Just tread carefully. Absolutely. Because sometimes he's, his form means he hasn't. <laughs> and,
0: uh, yeah, regardless of, uh, of where they end up,
1: whoever it is facing, <laughs> Big Bill
0: and uh, Lee Moriarty tonight is going to be a bad night for them.
1: Yeah, you could just reference Enzo and hijacking crowds and yeah. no one caring and stuff like that. Very nice. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage, uh, the one
0: where they try edition uh, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, also mentioned earlier, you can still check out our final battle preview ahead of the uh, pay-per-view This weekend, and me and Sid will be back on Monday to review both Rampage and Final Battle. So make sure you subscribe to What Cult Dressing to get those in your feed as soon as they are released. But for now, this has been the Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.